Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brad Bernard, Mike Molina, and Doug Sprinthal. And we'll be right back. Kick off hour three, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. And now the lovely and talented Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Oh, darn it. You don't know what I was going to say. I'll tell you what I was doing instead of concentrating on the ad later. It's kind of interesting. But um, Walzer Automotive Group has uh, got dealerships both in Kansas, in Wichita, Kansas, and in Minnesota. You can see all the cars available and all the specials on walzer.com. Kansas is uh, the home to our Wichita dealer, our luxury dealerships, and they are Audi, Lexus, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Acura, Mini, Jag, Land Rover, and Porsche. And there's not enough time to list all the ones in uh, Minneapolis, but if you go to walzer.com, they are all there in living color. That's it. Magnificent spot, I thought. That's all right. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Oh, that's right. There's a half out, a half second delay. It'll all work out in the end, though, eventually. Now, I was looking up physical requirements to get into the National Guard. Why? Well, my 17-year-old son, who is, of our four kids, he's the most challenging. He's really smart, and he's bombing out of high school. And... He said, we were talking the other night about, you know, Wes, what do you want to do? I mean, you don't have to plan your life out at 17, but this, you know, failing out of first aid is not a great long-term strategy. He goes, I'll get my grades up, but I think I want to join the National Guard. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? So anyway, who knows? It's interesting. So what do you mean he's bombing out of high school? Hey, I bombed the hell out of high school. Well, he's, uh, uh, he had... Three weeks ago, he had three Fs and a D and, and a couple of Cs. And he was flunking out of some of his best subjects. He just doesn't do the work. You know, he's a really, he's a, right. he, has a, he has a mathematic yeah. mind, which he didn't get from me. He gets it from his mom. But he's flunking mm-hmm. math. The only, the only subject that he really likes is chemistry, and he's getting straight A's in that. It's like, dude. <laughs> so you try yeah, to. Yeah, that was know. my problem is any any uh, course I didn't really care about, I just never did the work. Yep. Yeah, we noticed that. I remember when I was shelling over the dough for you to tuition, and uh, <laughs> you know, well, it's yeah. one reason I decided that it didn't make sense to go back because you know, you know just gonna, if I'm just going to be wasting money, then. All right, I have a question for everybody. Uh, we've been talking about this for quite a while on this show, and uh, on the morning show. Uh, I do think, and I, and by the way, every day it's, uh, it's. I strengthen my opinion. Social media is the worst thing that's ever happened to the world, right? Well, I mean, it's terrible. I don't know if I well, put it up there with the AIDS epidemic, but I don't. I can think well, you can certainly argue that it, it's made things worse in a lot of ways. It really has. Um, this article is written by a woman named Jamie Green. Unless her name is Jaime. It could be Jaime Green. But this, uh, it looks like it's Jamie Green. 
Social media is terrible and social media is amazing. It inundates us with panic-inducing news and rage-inducing hot takes. It also keeps us connected to our friends, professional circles, and news from around the world. But if you try to drink straight from the fire hose, you're going to drown or you get your head blasted pretty hard. The key is figuring out what social media is good for, for you, and then getting other things that you need from somewhere else. I personally find Twitter terrible for news. Information is scattered and often incorrect, and it usually comes with a lot of panic. This isn't normal, and the like, as if I won't know things are bad unless I'm shouted at. When social media is our only news source, why would you make social media your only news source? That's a terrible idea. It sure is. Don't you think? I do. When social media is your only source for news or source for updates from our friends or links uh, to good essays to read, it becomes really hard to take a break. You can use Freedom to block Twitter from your phone until 10 a.m. That's a bonus hack, by the way. I do that, and it's great. But if Twitter's the only place you get news, you may spend your morning worrying about what breaking news you're missing out on, not to mention lacking articles to browse on the train and in, uh, into work. Can, See, can, I couldn't care less if I'm up to the minute on the news. Yeah, it's like, who the hell... What are you going to do? Like, are you going to affect the world because you know this news now? It doesn't really matter at all if it's, you think This about is it. the weirdest thing, because I was just going to say uh, something that somebody said once a couple of weeks ago, and he just walked in. We were talking to Cy Amundsen really? about social media, and I said, you know, he's got oh, this yeah. line where he says, social media gives the people the ability to have press conferences that shouldn't be allowed to have press conferences. And here he, and he just walked through it. the door. And here comes the champ. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean that we can turn his mic on just because he walked through the door. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I were... I'm holding the show hostage now. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're reading an article by a woman named Jamie Green about social media. Um, and how it, uh, you know, to stay in touch with your family and friends, it's a wonderful thing. But if you use Twitter or, or Facebook to follow the news, you're crazy because most of it's not true. Facebook has even admitted that now. But um, so I just wanted to catch you up where we are uh, talking about social media. When social media is our only news source or a source for updates from our friends or for links to good essays to read, it becomes really hard to take a break. You can use freedom to block Twitter from your phone. Uh, Twitter is the only place, if it is the only place you get news, you may spend your morning worrying about what breaking news you're missing out on, not to mention lacking articles to browse on the train into work. It's important that your social media feeds work for you. So let me get this straight. On Facebook. Freedom's an app that you put on your phone so you can't see Twitter until 10 in the morning? Apparently. Apparently, apparently that's true. There's yeah. a oh, need freedom. for this. Somebody invented that and well, sell it. They, they do I it. know. What the hell? Well, no, here's the thing. And Facebook has it. Well, a guy who used to work. For Facebook admitted this, and I think anybody who is honest with themselves will agree right, with this. Right. Is it's not it's not just the news thing; it's that they've tricked your brain. You know, when when you see those little notifications, I mean, there are people who spent a long time developing those little red dots you see and those little blue dots yep. and the notifications you get. And when you see one of those, just like when you get a buzz for an email in your in your in your pocket or any of that stuff, you get a rush of serotonin. This, this positive yes. feeling of somebody responding to you and reacting to you. And so then when you don't have that, it's just like anything else that gives you a positive feeling and you're withdrawn from it, you're drawn back to it. So it's, it's almost this disgusting uh, disruption of people's emotional and uh, psychological status. No, you're absolutely right about that. And they, they, they did it on purpose. They're trying to even perfect it to make it even more effective in making you feel good, kind of in a drug, drug addict sort of way. It's cigarettes. Feel good when you're doing it. Feel, feel bad when you're not. Yeah, there you go. I lack the part of the brain that responds to that, so you maybe you don't I'm, have that. Maybe I, I'm lucky in that regard. Everybody has it. You're just, you know, you're lucky enough to not have it be, uh, not have it be connected to attention and reaction. It's a, it's a natural mm. thing in human beings, and people cue off it in different ways, which is where addiction comes from. Um, right. It's it's just all what your mental makeup, what 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 gives you that rush, what things cue you moving forward with it, and it's it's. I think the one of the most basic things of being a human being is most human beings love attention, whether they'll admit it or not. And so they've yeah, turned attention into a drug. One of the problems that I have now, since I do not use social media at all, and I haven't for almost five years now, 
Um, I'm told about social media once in a while, if it makes reference to, like today I was talking about the fact that there, some guy went off on me because he was so worried because it's Valentine's Day that I would mention that I, that I dearly love my wife because it pisses him off whenever I say that. I can sum it up for you, Tom. It's pretty much all Tom Bernard sucks, and here's why. So now you don't have to yeah, check. Okay. And 80% of no, it I don't is have me. To check I've got <laughs> yeah. a lot of burner 80% accounts. of it is side. Yeah, I got a lot of yeah, that. I actually was, that. That was me this morning. I play that guy. Here's the thing with Twitter. I said, I've got like 11 fake Twitter accounts. Uh, and they're all just to have fun. So I, anybody who actually is going on anything on social media and putting stock in what anyone is saying needs to remember stuff right. like that. And uh, anything anybody – it's that old thing. Like you can say something when you're not looking at somebody's face. That's why gossip exists. Like it's, it's easy to say something. Right. And, and, and social media, you remove people from having to see other people's reactions. So – you know, it's it's no, it's easy. I think that's exactly right. That happened on this show once. You remember when uh, Molina almost choked me to death a couple which of years time? ago? I do. The original which time. time. Oh, okay. The uh, the Tom yeah, Bernard here, the Tom Bernard uh, chat thread on Facebook was ripe with people rooting for me to get punched in the face. It was the white privilege of the <laughs> wasn't it? They were they were going to work. They want to decide to be beaten up. And see, yeah. that's the thing. To me, all social media did was uh, strip away the illusion that people are decent. Because they're not. Eh, I, I think I think it's... I think s- being alone and be, when, when you, It's just like text messaging. When you t- text how everybody else... You know, you, you remove your ability to convey what you actually want to convey. You can't, you know, if I sit here with Doug and I want to say something to him and I can say it to his face and interact with him, there's no Mm -hmm. way he can take it any other way than I meant it. But when you start doing social media and texting and all these things, it leaves so much stuff up for interpretation. And I think it turns some people into monsters, but I think a lot of it is our insecurities. I, I don't think... You're exactly right. So when I text my kid and I said, make sure you're home by 12 midnight, that means something completely different because they texted it. It means yeah. stay out as late as you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. Well. There's willful misinterpretation. <laughs> That's right. It's called adolescence. I would say the bigger thing oh. is is it's, it's allowing people to be cemented in their opinions. Like, it's, people, people aren't searching for any conversation anymore. And that's, that's the most damning thing that Facebook has done and, and, and Twitter. They yeah. don't, they don't that, that's what it's revealed, is that we don't actually want to improve ourselves or learn or grow. We want to feel correct. And so people are, we're losing all gray in all these important conversations, and people are just cementing themselves into black and white on arguments. Because that's pretty much what it is. So I, I need advice from everybody in the room. Get out of radio. Because I okay, I will. Because I, I had like seventeen me. mean jokes right there, and I, you took it. it. Has, Sorry, no, it all works out because it you know it hasn't worked out for me, so I need it's time to go away. Yeah. Okay, but here here's my problem. I don't go on Twitter. I don't go on Facebook. I don't do any of that stuff. I've reached a point now because what I've tried to do is go on uh, national news uh, sites. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say sites, but channels. Um, there are a few people that I like on the national news channels. Uh, and a matter of fact, it's across the board because I like Anderson Cooper. I like uh, S.E. Cup. She's on HLN. Yep. I like Tucker Carlson because he's a very bright guy. They have completely different views of things. But if you get a, away from those three, and, and Ashley Banfield also can be really good. But what's really interesting about it is, is that you can take a picture of a flower, and if you show it to CNN and you show it to Fox, it will be a completely different thing. To one, it'll be a watermelon, and the other one, it will be a walnut. I mean, how can you take the exact same thing and see such differences in it amazes me. Well, Back to willful misinterpretation. Yeah, well, nuance is good, but it's, complete difference? It's worse than that. So let me, I can give a little... It ins- is worse than that. I can give it a little insight on this, having started working at ESPN. Because mm-hmm. all of those places are 24-hour networks. And ESPN right. is a 24-hour news network. 
And the thing that I've learned, and ESPN does not do this in an evil way like I believe the news companies do, but it's a lot of programming to fill. So you spend a lot of time. I mean, we do a six-minute show every day, and if there aren't enough good games, you go, well, what are we going to put there? So you have these entire networks 24 hours a day with all these programs, with time to fail, and the only thing you can ever end up doing is creating uh, what I believe is a cyclical audience, where you decide mm -hmm. who your audience is based on who's been watching you. You use your information at hand, and then from that point on, you curtail, this is what I think 24-hour news stations do, they curtail everything to that audience, because, and, and, and then you never have the option to broaden yourself because you've walked into this cycle. And, and mm -hmm. I, Anderson Cooper might be great, all these people might be great, and they're, they're, they're good voices at those places, but mm -hmm. once you've mm -hmm. entered that cycle of cyclical, you know, whereas ESPN, it's sports, you can't, there's not like a, other than the, yeah, right, the right. anthem protest, there's not like a liberal conservative sports world, it's, but they've entered no. this world of cyclical audience, and, and you can't escape it, and for him it's about money. I, the only one that I can actually watch is, uh, I can watch some PBS I, I find PBS to be boring as all get out, but <laughs> it is boring. Yeah. But if I want, no, it is. It's very boring. It's boring, but that's kind of why I like it. I go, these guys aren't. They're not trying to sell advertising. They're not trying to exactly. make money off the audience. So even if it's something that I disagree with or agree with, I take a little. I take a little solace in that. I think there's not an ulterior motive. Well, there is because they're very liberal. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, but it's a very liberal out news outlet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think socially liberal. I mean, I think that's you know they're they're uh -huh. they're a publicly they're funded publicly. That's that's going to fall yeah, into they kind of rely the, on that. They're going right. to fall into the wheelhouse. But I I think in terms of just right. report like reporting on what's happening, I, I I don't I don't find a slant when I watch. Well, I hope that's well, let's true. see what Media Bias Fact Check thinks of PBS. Why don't we do this? We'll take a break and come right back with that right after this Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. This is Tom, and I've been telling you how easy it has been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. My goal has been to lose 92.5 pounds. Well, I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and I can't wait to shed those extra unwanted pounds. Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss program. It's just so easy, and they guarantee that you will lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. The team at Nutramost in Plymouth will support you every step of the way on your wellness and weight loss journey. Then, after you hit your goal, Nutramost in Plymouth is there for you with the Nutramost Forever Plan, an all-inclusive wellness program that improves and promotes healthy living and choices. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost Plymouth, located just off Highway 55 and 494. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. on Valentine's Day, ladies and gentlemen. Cy, when are you getting married? He's leaving. He's talking. And leaving? He just needed some car advice. Apparently, whoever sits in that seat is just uh, having a hard day at the mic. <laughs> no, he was. I just dragged him in because I was just about to uh, quote him, and it was weird. The door opened. It's like, there's Cy. Well, sit down, and he might as well get credit for the quote. Anyway. So you were going to quote him. I did. Uh, was the guy on Fraggle Rock, or am I just crazy? Might have been. Might have been. The OJs did Love Train, right? Didn't they? Yep. Um, yep. The, OJs. the OJs, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Andy, you were going to ch uh, do some fact-checking? Yes. Well, see, the thing is, I searched Media Bias Fact Check, which is generally a pretty accurate site in terms of site bias, 
uh, for PBS. And there's a bunch of things, and I don't know if they're all on PBS. There's PBS NewsHour, which obviously is. But then there's Global Post, Next Avenue, The Federalist, and Youth Radio. Are these all? I don't suppose anyone here has any familiarity with PBS. Doug, you do. I do. You watch PBS. Oh, yeah. well, I, listen to, I listen to public radio for news. I don't watch it on PBS very often. Uh, and the thing I well, like about it, I, um, I would say that they definitely have a liberal slant. I mean, it's hard not to do that. But the thing right. I like about it is that they'll have conservatives on, and they'll ask them questions, and they'll actually let them talk. And they'll have That's you know good. Republican Congress people and senators on there, and they you know they, they'll, they, it's pretty clear what their position is. But they a- mm-hmm. actually let these people speak their mind and say what they have to say, and it never degenerates into this big screaming match like you get on you know cnn msnbc fox it's all kind of the same it's just a different viewpoint but they're just trying to blow people up in three minutes and and public radio will go all right tell us why you think that we need to build a wall and they'll you know let them go on for five minutes it's interesting right see what the site does is it does uh left right bias and then also how factual the reporting is and pbs news hour is uh left center bias which is about as good as you can possibly expect in terms of bias because uh-huh. they do rely yeah. on yep. at least some left-wing things in order to get money so it's like you know what are you going to do but their factual reporting is high so that's uh definitely good yeah. like compared to cnn left bias obviously and factual reporting is mixed which means about half of it is made up right so yeah compared to cnn definitely uh not what i would call left-wing media no, not at all. PBS, I think, is much more accurate. What do they say about Fox News, which is... Fox. Fox is still about the only conservative channel, isn't it? Fox News is basically the CNN of the right wing. Right. It's the same thing, but right. You know, mixed factual reporting, right bias, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so it's just mixed reporting, just like CNN. Yes. I, I, I would agree with that. Fox and CNN, uh, seriously. The only difference between Fox and CNN, uh, again, is the world is flat. No, it isn't. It's round. Mm. I mean, yeah. they just can't agree on anything. C-SPAN, like I've yeah, mentioned good. before. Yeah. Um, C-SPAN's good. C-SPAN is least biased, which doesn't mean no bias, but it's as low as you can expect from a, you mm-hmm. know, any human uh, with a very high level of factual reporting. So apparently that's the where to, that's where to go. And C-SPAN's a 24-hour news network, isn't it? I have no idea. I mean, they do things from the floor and all that, but I think, I think it's pretty much twenty-four hour uh, news. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty uh, much uh, looks to be because there are two things that they're doing live right now: C-SPAN and C-SPAN Two. Right. There's the House session and a Senate debate on immigration. Yeah, see, that's, they do a lot of that as well, but then they do some news reporting too. So I guess that is the route to take: is maybe go to C-SPAN and. Uh, because I, I would consider myself, well, as a matter of fact, I, I just took a, uh, a uh, test to see where, where, where my political views are, and I was left of center. Is that, was that the 20-question quiz that was on, mm, I think, Facebook? I took that, I took that but it, because there's a like bunch. Too. There's a ton of them out there. It had this real... one was like 500 questions. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Well, I think the reason they did that is because they would repeat the question in a different form to see if you were lying. Yeah, see, now yeah that's the, they do have to do that. That's the MMPI format. The mini- yeah, absolutely, the, MMPI the, does. The grandfather of all of them. It was the Minnesota Multiphasing mm-hmm. Personality Inventory. There, my psychology degree right. showing off. But, yeah, they asked the, they the question really, in, a, in a bunch of shaded different ways. They got really angry with me 32 years ago when I started off the KQ Morning Show because I was talking about the MMPI and how I, I lean M, uh, high on the MF scale, which means I think a lot like a woman. Even though I'm a man, I think more a lot like a woman as well. But the MMPI people got very angry with me because I said, question number 92 is, I would like to be a nurse. And they got really mad at me about that. I was like, I'm sure I'm not destroying your whole 555-question uh, why, why would they get uh, I mean, it's not like you can't look it up. I had exactly. To, when I was uh, working on a psych unit, I had to record the whole thing for a doctor so he could give it to uh, blind psychiatric uh-huh. patients. It's just. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's interesting. My favorite question on the whole thing is, I feel like there's a very tight band around my head. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Well, that's not good news now, is it? So the, the way the way it works, it, it's, kind, it's kind of interesting. It's really not 
what the question is, uh, and it's yes, no answers. So they can they can take your answers and they can pair it against known groups of anything, whether it's Republicans mm-hmm. or schizophrenics or guitar players. Right. And say, okay, right, well, right. you this is how it overlaps. It, it was started. It's brilliant psychology. And it was started, I think, in the 40s at the U of M. And everybody else has sort of ripped yeah. them off ever since. Yeah, it was started at the U MMPI. It was definitely started at the University of Minnesota. It's actually a great test. It really is. Because what it will show more almost immediately is how defensive you are, yeah. which I think is a good thing. I mean, if you're going to take a test and you're very defensive about taking that test, it will show that immediately. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed taking the MMPI. I thought it was really, really interesting. It takes forever to take it because it is 555 questions yeah. long. Mm. Well, not really forever, but you can do it in a couple hours. I remember I took it. It was administered by um, Bobby probably 10 years ago or so before mm-hmm. she vanished. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what I got, but I do know it was the polar opposite of the most common uh, result. Oh, really? So whatever the most common result was, mine was... Because it's, it's, isn't that like the ESTJ or whatever? Or is that something else? What's ESTJ? I don't know what that is, Andy. You don't? How do you not know what that is? Well, I don't that know everything. Is, you know more than I do. Myers-Briggs. Oh, Myers-Briggs. Oh, okay. Myers-Briggs, yeah. Yep, okay, so then is. I've never taken the MMPI then. Well, you haven't. Never mind. Well, why don't you look up and see what the what the act, the usual result is, and then we'll go 180 degrees from that, and we'll find out where you are. That'd probably be about right. So well, I can take it online. Well, how many but, questions is it? Yeah, I'm sure it's going to take six trillion years, so, I mean... Well, six trillion years we don't have. We do have about 22 minutes, but we don't have six trillion years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just goes, uh-huh. No, I think that stuff is interesting, though. I, I like the fact that there are articles coming out now talking about social media and how people need to back way off. Doesn't mean you need to get off social media like I did. But you do need to back way off, uh, and you know you cut way back on the keyboard tough guy thing. You know that that whole you're a tough guy and you say whatever you wish about people and threaten people and cut it out. It just what it basically shows is what a coward you are. Yeah, it's really annoying. It's very very annoying, and if you really did that in life, you'd be beaten to a pulp. Well, so see, that's the problem. Everyone's like. Well, that's just, you know, social media does that to people, but you know what, that, that's what they really think. So, uh, yeah. I mean, how is that not how they actually are? Right. You know, it, this would be interesting. This just occurred to me as you guys were talking. It would be interesting to see if there's a racial differentiation in social media. And here, here's why I asked the question. I've got a lot of friends on Facebook, probably 15% of our minorities. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But, you know, more than I know more than one black guy. Let's put it that way. But when I look at all the fist fights and stuff that happen on Facebook, it's all between like middle class yeah. white people. It is. So, and you're a hundred percent right about that. That's because they have nothing else to be worried about and people need something to be worried about because well, we you know, yeah, will yeah. always have the amygdala and that will always be saying, you know, look look out for danger and if there is no danger then that just means you can't see it. So Right. Hmm. I don't know. I- yeah. I like I like that. I like that whole take on it. That yeah, but you're 100% right. It is middle class white people that are having a real problem with America right now. And I don't really understand it. I, I when did it become the order of the day that the United States of America was the last place on earth that had slavery? It's the most yeah. idiotic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Slavery slavery still exists in about 9 tenths of the world. It does. It absolutely does. United States, unless of course you call, you talk about sex uh, sex trade, and then, then it's it ex- 100%. exists everywhere in the entire world. Then it's a hundred percent. Yes, exactly. But slavery itself is in about nine tenths of the world. Uh, the United States, I believe, abolished slavery five years after Denmark did, and Denmark was the la- I think it was Denmark was the last country in Western Europe. To, abandon, uh, to abolish slavery uh, anywhere between, I think it was like 1805 and 1848. They were too uh, busy skating on the dikes. In, in Europe. Yeah, they were skating on the canal so they could go race each other. Well, hey, if you want um, some uh, context in your life, you think America's a horrible place, 
I encourage you to Google uh, Central African Republic yeah. Yeah. and That'll look at work. some images of it because it's the lowest HDI country in the world. And uh, basically just Google it, go to images, and count how many image you see, images you see of people lying dead on a dirt road. Not good. Because there's a lot. <laughs> um, a so, yeah, if, uh, if you don't like your life, it can get a whole lot worse. For those context is good. What Andy, what is HDI? I'm asking for a friend. Human Development Index. Okay. It's basically just how close to uh, the most... Like, a perfect HDI score would basically be, like, you know, no crime, no poverty, mm-hmm. and so forth. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. God, one of these pictures is just a line of human skulls on the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's almost funny how horrible that country is. And I, I don't—it's it's just a bunch of uh, religious and um, border wars. They right. just can't get over, you know, right. it's like right. a bunch of people are killing each other because they're the wrong religion and because, you know, this is our territory, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, yeah, territory is a very big deal. Very yeah, big. yeah. so don't, uh, don't be too upset over the fact that, you know, you, I don't know, whatever dumb joke. crap people on Twitter care about because it, yeah. Doug, you weren't on the show yesterday, but we talked about it, and I'll talk about it just very briefly. After this whole Kim Yo-Yong thing went on about how wonderful she was, and, of course, her family's a bunch of murdering psychopaths. Uh, They fed their own uncle the dogs. They killed one of their own brothers. I mean, she stood there and watched her one brother kill the other one, and they could do nothing but praise the woman. So there was a bit of backlash, so news organizations were releasing stories. One from Malaysia. Uh, They had an article uh, in their newspaper, one of their lead newspapers in Malaysia, that talked about how to identify gay people because uh, homosexuality is still against the law in Malaysia. You can get up to 20 years for being gay. And the the number one tip was to, to, to spot a gay man was gay men all love men with full beards. <laughs> so if a guy admires your full beard, they're probably gay. Well, the stereotypical gay relationship is... Uh... Uh, like a thin, clean-shaven, fe- effeminate guy, and then a big, burly, bearded guy. But then again, wow. going back to uh, yesterday's Newswire, not to be outdone, a close second was the guy down, what's his name, uh, Duarte? Duarte, yeah. And his stance uh, regarding women and yes, where... he said, Doug, <laughs> it's Unbelievable. True. I have some said, bad news for you guys. There's a... It just popped up. There's an active shooting at a school in southern Florida right now. It just popped up on NBC. Yeah, it's it's pretty far away. It's it's kind of like in the Everglades. So I wasn't saying Doug. No danger for. Oh yeah. Well yeah. There was. It just happened a couple hours ago. Oh really? Okay. Everglades. Yeah. You do not want to go in the Everglades. That's not a good idea. Well, but if you do Florida. Yeah, this is a a high school shooter. Okay, to wrap up that uh, those references, what we were talking about, there was also an article about the Philippines and Duterte, and Duterte gave the advice to his troops, if you're fighting female Philippine rebels, shoot them in the vagina. Oh, God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Told them, no, 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 he actually said that. <laughs> I'm never going to rip Donald would... Trump again. Uh, from here on, <laughs> exactly. he's the best thing since canned beer. <laughs> He also said that if his soldiers decided to rape some female rebels, then he would defend them. He would defend them, yes. So he's gone even more insane than he already was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just likes the fact that he can say literally whatever he wants, and no one's going to be able to do anything about it. So America's not looking too bad right now, is it? Just improved a lot. Exactly. Right back, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well... I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. 
That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact. And the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win, and they've got the skilled players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. By the way, Doug Sprinthal. Yes? Just so you don't think that I was digging those stories up from some pit... That Duterte story, Duterte tells Philippine soldiers to shoot female rebels in their vaginas, was from the Chicago Tribune. Wow. So, it's not some weird organization. That's all I have to say to you. It's just, it's, it's, seriously, if you look around the world, as Andy talked about, Central Africa, the Philippines, Malaysia, you go down the list, people are insane, and all we do is criticize ourselves as America's one of the worst places on earth. Mm, it's a good Come way on. to tell if someone's <laughs> never looked outside their tiny bubble because it's just so it's um I don't know how people can be that deluded as to think that America's a third world country when you look at any other third world country on earth and it's a whole lot worse. Yeah, it's not good. It is not good, ladies and gentlemen, after Sean White's uh, glory he has to apologize twice. Uh, Sean White pulled off the impressive feat of winning a gold medal at his third different Olympics on Wednesday, but subsequent headlines have been all flattering for the all-world snowboarder. For one thing, his win has brought renewed attention to a sexual harassment lawsuit brought against him in 2016 that was settled, however. So the person is happy, he's happy, they settled it, so I don't know why you're dredging it up again. Uh, if if it were me, I wouldn't want them, if I settled, I wouldn't want them dredging it up again, would you? I wouldn't. Um, no. Unless I ran out Details of money. Were, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, one apology. When he was asked about the lawsuit after his win, White responded that he didn't want to address gossip. That didn't sit well with critics, especially against the backdrop of the hashtag MeToo movement. White later apologized on NBC's Today. I'm truly sorry that I chose the word gossip, he said per the Washington Post. It was a poor choice of words to describe such a sensitive subject in the world today. And then the lawsuit, it was brought by uh, Lena Zawade, a former drummer in White's band, Bad Things. She allegedly repeated uh, sexual harassment and wrongful termination, among other things. She allegedly repeated. What does that mean? She alleged, oh she, oh, she alleged repeated sexual harassment and wrongful termination, among other things. The Daily Beast has details of her allegations, including that White sent her sexually explicit and graphic images and made frequent vulgar comments. It's like working with Doug Sprinthal. Yeah. Show me your, show me your Johnson. Colleen is with us. They reached an undisclosed settlement, so, yeah, Sean White, when he did win, he had to uh, go pop up and... Uh, and apologized for a couple of things, and uh, three-time gold medalist. The only time, 2014, he didn't make the podium, which is kind of interesting. Uh, that I don't, I don't know, know how what old is in Sean? 2014. Is he 30? 32? 31. 31. Okay. I think he's 31 still. I'm pretty sure. Colleen Kelly Alexander. I think she's 17. Aren't you, Colleen? Yeah, just barely. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Colleen Kelly Alexander. Yeah, that's it. On October 8, 2011, cycling home from work, Colleen was run over by a multi-ton freight liner. It rolled over her and dragged her along the road. When medics arrived, they found the young woman completely mangled from the stomach down, a broken pelvis, and a severely degloved 
abdomen, leg, hips, vaginal area, and behind. She flatlined within minutes of arriving at Yale Trauma Center. Colleen received over 70 blood transfusions, including whole blood platelets and plasma. After her body was left so drained of blood, her heart lacked anything to pump. I don't want to read anymore. I want to talk to you about this, Colleen Kelly Alexander, because I have had the pleasure to, uh, of interviewing you before, and I enjoyed it. I, I saw your name pop up on uh, on the guest list, and I went, oh, she's a, you're a wonderful interview. Oh, thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> nice talking to you again. <laughs> uh, lifelong athlete. Nice to speak to you, too. A motivational speaker who inspires positive change, contribution, determination, and actionable gratitude. Anytime the word gratitude is used, I really, really like it. Gratitude in Motion, Colleen Kelly Alexander's book. Uh, I, I just... I just want to turn it over to you, uh, the whole thing. To date, Colleen has required over 24 surgeries to put her body back together. She lost her job, her carefree sense of safety. Is that true? Have you total, Are you getting your carefree sense of safety back, or will it never come back? Um, I don't know that it will ever completely come back, but then yeah. again, I also think that none of us are ever going to completely have it. Um, no, that's so. true. Yeah, I uh, I actually just posted on Facebook. Anyone want to go for an eight to ten mile run? You know, this evening. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to go for a quiet run. Oh, that's nice. Um, I want you to run. Yeah, miles so. I, uh, I will tell the audience something that, that and, and you may remember this and you might not remember this, but you and I were, were talking about your book, Gratitude in Motion. Uh, I'm going to read this line again and then I'll, then I'll bring it up. To date, Colleen has required over 24 surgeries to put her body back together. She lost her job, her carefree sense of safety, and her dream of being a mother. I had not seen that line the first time I interviewed you, and I asked you about that, and your response to it was, was very, very touching. Uh, just shows a great deal of gratitude, but a great deal of caring also and, and uh, sensitivity in a good way. Uh, you were just very human about it. It was a very human response, and I, and I wanted to thank you for that because it was at the very end of the interview. And I, I just, it was a great moment for me as a human being talking to another human being. Hmm. Well, thank you. It is true. How do you go through all you've been through and then write a book called Gratitude in Motion? You know? Um, well, I think without gratitude, it's pretty hard to move forward in this life. So it's my um, kind of my grounding force. It's hard to be miserable if we are giving thanks for the little things in life and the big things in life. And I think it's important to share that. Yeah, I think sharing it is a big thing. How do you do it during the day? Uh, it's interesting because also I was talking about um, we're not necessarily a very religious show, but today is uh, Ash Wednesday. And uh, certain religions, Christian religions, give up uh, things for Lent. And this being the first day of Lent, we were asked around the room about what I'd like to give up for Lent. And, and I would, and I was very serious about this, I would like to give up the ability uh, or, or the inclination that I have, not an ability, but an inclination I have. I get stressed out over things I can't control. And I'd love to give that up, Colleen. <laughs> I do. I get stressed out over things I can't control, and I really, really wish. Do you think by focusing more on gratitude, that would really help me down that path? I think so. Um, and I also think that you need to be gentle with yourself, because when things are out of our control, getting stressed out happens. And then when it happens, maybe instead of being negative with yourself about being stressed, acknowledging that you're stressed out, and, and then processing through it and um i think that's maybe the healthier approach to do it's okay to get stressed out life happens right life gets really right, stressful right. but there's a reason why it happens so acknowledging that is uh is really important i'd rather see that <laughs> yeah no i understand that completely clean one of the another thing that really impresses me about you is that this day and age people really like to feel that they're they've been victimized and uh, they've been traumatized. They've suffered a great deal of trauma in their lives, and they just can't get over it, and they carry the trauma with them wherever they go. Well, they didn't suffer as much trauma as you did, sister, I'll tell you that. <coughs> so how do you deal with, obviously, the trauma that you, you suffered? How did you 
and again, you'll never totally get over it, but you handle it so well. Do you, did that come from a family connection? Did you, did you get strength like that from your parents, brothers, sisters? Was it a family thing, or is it just who you are? You mean as far as not looking at myself as a victim? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you suffered a great deal um, of trauma. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I, I am a victim to an unfortunate circumstance, but I'm a survivor to an unfortunate circumstance. And I think the greater is that I'm a survivor. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to the woman who does my lymphatic work. I My left side was trashed pretty badly, so my whole lymphatic system was, was really badly affected. And so every week... Um, I get treatment done so my leg doesn't, I don't have an elephant leg <laughs> on my left side, sure. I have a big ankle. That's a good thing. Um, and we were talking about, um, you know, all of the sexual, uh, everything that's going on with um, uh, Me too. these stories of sexual harassment right. and right. Um, all the, the victim um, blaming and claiming and she was saying, what do you think about that? And, of course, that's a really deep topic to get into, but just on the surface, I was saying, you know, I think that there's a lot to be said for being able to call forward with with what's happened. Like, it's important that I talk about what's happened to me, and it's important that I acknowledge that it sucked, it's brutal, but also, at some point, we have to grieve and move forward, and we have to take accountability for how we process and how we move forward in our lives, and we have to be willing to say... um, I'm not going to be a victim any longer. Um, we're giving that other person, you know, from my perspective, I'm giving that truck driver, I'm giving, um, you know, that incident a whole heck of a lot of power that it doesn't deserve. Right. right. Uh, so that's kind of how I look at it. And where did it come from? I think um, it came from a lot of series of, of going through lots of things in life, you know, just having brain surgery, having lupus, going through some failed marriages. And, um, you know, I can point the blame on myself, and I can certainly hold myself for some accountability because I need to, but then I also need to look at, okay, what happened here and what can we learn from it? How can we move forward? Um, Because dwelling on the past and being a victim, my gosh, that's that's giving so much power to negativity, and it's just not healthy to anybody or anything. Colleen, I'll tell you, if I were you, I would avoid um, odd-numbered years. <laughs> you, don't do very, <laughs> yeah? you don't do real well in odd-numbered years. 2007, undergoing brain surgery in 2007 uh, for, uh, what, uh, how do you say that, Chiari malformation? Is that how you say yeah. that? Right? Chiari malformation. Oh. Uh, she overcame a lupus uh, diagnosis in 2009 pushing forward to become a successful competitive triathlete in 2011 while on the routine bike uh, ride. She's run over by a freight truck. All in all, how were 13, 15, and 17? Did you do okay in those years? Um, they all had their uh, crap shows, too. Um, <laughs> so, <Exactly. laughs> you know, I mean, we can look at it that way, or we can look at it the fact that, you know, 2009, I overcame a really crappy surgery. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's. I, I guess it's really just how we look at it. But, yeah, I mean, 2013... I was going through surgeries. I had my, you know, my anal, my, my whole butt rebuilt, and okay. and that was horrible. And I, you know, and, um, you know, every year, odd or even, is going to bring something. Um, and we can't control that. So uh, I just got to roll our shoulders back and get ready for the next wave and try to handle it with grace. You know, Colleen, I love that picture of you. And you're wearing, it looks like, might be biking shorts and I'm not sure but there's a picture of you and it shows some of the uh, some of the damage that your body has suffered I just think that's a wonderful picture because you are you you know Um, (laughs) we talked to uh, to RJ uh, Palacio about the book she wrote wonder there's a movie out called wonder about a boy that that's born uh, with I guess the best way to describe it is a, a malformed face true story and she was such a great inspiration as well, and, and she talked quite a bit about the fact that uh, that we're not all the same. You can't uh, be the same if you were born different, but in a good way. And and, and the fact that mm-hmm. this happened to you and then you posed for that picture, uh, I think it inspired a lot of people. It was a great picture for me to look at because you just, 
You are proud of who you are. You're a very strong woman. You're a very strong person. Uh, a great example for people out there. Now you've written this book, and the book is selling very well, from what I understand. Yeah, it's exciting. It's uh, it's been really quickly moving. So I'm uh, pretty honored about that. Well, you did a great job. You're 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 an inspiration to us all. And I just to talk to you. See now, just by coincidence, I talked to you on a day when. I said, well, what do I want to give up for Lent? I want to give up uh, beating myself up over things I can't control. So, And then I get to talk to you. So that's a pretty good day, Colleen. <laughs> well, it's a good day to talk to you, too. You know, um, I think we have to remember that life can't always excuse me, be rosy. And I, I know I have a short amount of time, but just to share, my husband and I had an interview earlier on the phone, and... It was like minutes after finding one of our boxes of books that got soaked by rain, and um, we just have this crazy schedule of, um, you know, we're on Dr. Oz next week, we're flying out to L.A. for an interview, we've just got a lot of stuff happening really soon, and so, you know, and we're also a husband and wife, and we've got our husband wife stuff, and the interview started, and the guy was so excited to talk to, you know, to Dave and Colleen, Oh my gosh, I just said Dave, which is a whole other thing. That's my ex-husband. So there you go. Oh, Colleen! So we're talking about, he's excited to talk to John and Colleen and what we're going through. And our brains are whirling, like, so fast and so chaotic that we weren't connecting. Um, And he's talking, and the two of us are just like, we're tapped. Like, I don't even know where my brain is anymore. I understand. Um, and we had to kind of just look at each other and say, you know, I looked at the guy on the you know, talking on the phone, and I thought, I don't think I can do this interview anymore. I'm, I think I'm just done. Well. <laughs> um, and I, I just share that because we, you know, even as positive as things can be, you know, everyone just goes through their moments of calling the person the wrong name and just having a, you know, we got to take care of ourselves. Well, so, just next time go. I encourage Colleen. you to take care of yourself. Colleen and what's his name? That's how we'll go with it. Okay. <laughs> the big, tall, six-foot-four guy with a juicy smile, and, well, uh, yeah, my husband is just a, a rock star, but well, certainly today we were like, ah, going crazy on our interview. You'll be fine. Colleen Kelly-Alexander, Gratitude in Motion. Colleen, thank you for your time again. Wonderful to talk to you. Oh, it's so nice to talk to you, too. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That'll do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>